Water Buffalo TM is back with another Buff Talk. Three, two, one. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Old School Matt here. We're back with another Buff Talk. We were gone for a week. We had some uh, back-end stuff we had to do, but we're back with Chris. And uh, we're here to do a podcast today on shortcuts and kind of getting to why society tries to find the treatment to a certain either disease condition or lifestyle instead of trying to attack the root cause so without further ado chris what's going on bro how's everything going and uh you excited to jump into this podcast today uh yes uh, everything's pretty good man how about you super good super busy we both know everything's been crazy lately but we got together today and we're i'm excited to talk about this so me too i'm down to just hack on this yeah so we we were talking about uh earlier the different types of I guess ways that people try to evict or try to omit their issues in life and, and try to stay away from the root cause of many issues. And we came up with a couple different discussions we wanted to talk about. I think the first one that was a pretty good, um, is a pretty good one to lead off with is men approaching women and having issues like talking to girls and, and even women approaching men. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of a different psycho- psychology there, I think. We can't really speak for women speaking to men, uh, but for the most part, a lot of guys try to think that there's a quick and easy fix to let's just say picking up chicks mm-hmm. and being a part of like the red pill community there's these people that call them like pickup artists have you heard of that before oh yeah dude yeah. i um i actually got kind of into that stuff when i was younger because like what we're talking about yeah. i of course was looking for the fastest way possible to let's say get good at getting with girls yeah right i was one of those dudes but i shortly realized that it's a band-aid yeah and that's the problem like you can uh try to give short-term like uh exercises or practices and you can maybe see a little bit of a result Mm -hmm. but again you're not tackling the real issue right let's say a guy is not very confident when he's with girls right you can try to coach him and say hey say these things that will make you sound confident and this and that but hey real question why are you not confident with women exactly and that 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 like answer is very deep and very complex like oh well i didn't really get to i wasn't popular in school a lot of girls didn't like me cool why didn't they like you yeah you need to understand these things and then realize like oh okay if you're not um guys fellas listen if you're not confident with the girl you like you deep down think that you're not good enough for her yeah and you need to fix why you're not good enough for her because exactly. chances are you're slacking on something just like i was slacking on something and i'm sure you and your past have slacked on stuff and like understand that confidence is not going to come unless you put in the work and you're, exactly you know, pickup is just a band-aid and it's a bad one too yeah exactly yeah when you talk about like different types of uh pickup lines and stuff like that i think of like like the corny type of shit that you that people say on youtube to go pick up girls and stuff like that and um obviously it'll work like if you're a good looking guy and we walk up to a female and you have confidence and you say these the, the stupid things they'll laugh and they'll but the, the 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 real reason why they're laughing at what you say versus if let's just say and it sucks to say this but like appearance is a big thing it's a giant thing but let's just say like some scrawny you know not as appealing looking guy says the same thing that you said the girl's gonna look at him and be like what the fuck's wrong with you like get away from me or i have a boyfriend or something like that and now obviously you can go out and try to approach let's just say a thousand girls and maybe a hundred of them or maybe 50 of them will somewhat react to this message and then it funnels down to like how many will give you their number Mm -hmm. to how many will you'll go out with and stuff like that but the real 
fixed to this type of stuff. And we're not trying to say that we're like these, um, you know, dating coaches or anything like that. But obviously the real fix here is, is, is fixing your appearance and fixing your confidence, like you were saying. And honestly, the only way you can do that without being born with, let's just say, great genetics for being, let's just say, tall and slender, you know, have beautiful eyes, beautiful hair, is to work on yourself at the gym. It sucks to say it, but a lot of people and a lot of women, especially if we're talking about men approaching women, judge men on their appearance for mm -hmm. how they look. Also, what you wear, too, and your hygiene. Yeah. And hygiene's a giant one. I would say, um, you know, you're not your size, but like if you have a nice athletic build would probably be number one, aside from like your facial and your, your height and you know, how your, your body structure. But like if, if a, you walk up to a girl and you have muscles or you have like a nice physique, you already have that, you have that next step of like confidence, I feel like. And then obviously a very close second is hygiene. Like, you know, having not yeah. smelly breath, smelling good, just looking somewhat clean, you know, having a nice haircut and, you know, not just looking like you're, rolling out of bed after sitting home for like four weeks. I'll tell you what, you do these two things you're talking about and you will not have to worry about getting laid. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. Hygiene, look good, have a little bit of game, like real confidence. Like you know that, all right, I'm a good looking guy in the market. Yeah. You truly know that. Then you're good to go. But actually making a relationship work, for example, and really getting the goal of what a lot of young men really want is they want a wifey. Yeah. You want to have a wifey, man. There's so much more than cleaning up and looking good that you have to do. And it all comes back to, hey, you want to accomplish something great. You want to have a wife. You want to build a family and be a patriarch. Yeah. Well, buddy, you're going to have to start laying some bricks and get to work. Yeah. There's not going to be any shortcut. It's not going to just be make a lot of money. Yeah. It's going to be such a hard journey. But the intensity of the journey is what makes it worth it. And a lot yeah, of Americans don't understand that. It's like, uh, it's luck versus hard work. Like you can obviously just hope and wish that you're lucky and whatever you do in life just works out by not doing anything. But obviously like 99% of people out there will have to work hard. There's like 1% of people that get lucky or whatever that percentage is. But like in just term, in terms of just like speaking to a chick on rip at like a club or at a bar or at, you know, library or wherever you are. Cause like, I'm not trying to be judgmental and saying you should only meet girls here. Cause I'm trying to talk to like the majority of, of dudes, yeah. right? Everybody, you know, has their own taste in life. Me and you obviously have a different taste from what is generally, you know, uh, portrayed in society. We have our own philosophies, but for men that come across issues with approaching women, it's like, if you put yourself in a, in a position to where you're confident about your physique, Almost, almost if like you need to, if you can walk up to a girl, like essentially almost naked, I feel like you can accomplish whatever goal you're trying to accomplish. I don't know if you know what I'm trying to say there. I think I do. Like if you, in a sense, a lot of guys don't understand about game. It's not really just about what you say. In fact, a lot of it's not what you say. It's just all subliminal and 60% yeah, of it's body language. So being vulnerable, being naked in front of them, they can sense who's comfortable around them and who's not. Yeah. And if you are kind of guarded up, like, oh, I don't want them to see me and see how fat I am and this and that. Exactly. They can smell that like wolves. Yeah. Now, if you're just around there, chilling like a bear, it's like, I don't care. Like whatever, exactly. that's what makes a It's weird place. because the the less you care, and this is one, one, one aspect in life that, I mean, there's other aspects. So the less you care, the more you get out of it, but like dating and, and picking up and all that type of stuff. I found and I haven't done much of it, but like in, in the times where I've had to interact with females and try to like take them on a date or whatever, I found that the less effort is always the best 
possible scenario. Like, and I don't mean less effort, not in yourself. I just mean like, like a guy who goes up to girls, like, blah, 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 talk, 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 is, is she's going to look at him like, who's this nor like just as bad as a yeah. guy going up to a girl and being like really shy and like scared, you know, you got to have like that cool, relaxed mentality and kind of just like you said, almost like a bear. I like that analogy kind of lay back and just lay back, not given, not caring. Yeah. I want to drop a red bull. Honestly, what the girl yeah. says in their head guys is, yo, this guy's a loser. Yeah, exactly. They literally do yeah, say that exactly. in their head. I hate to say it, yeah. but I just wanted to drop that. You don't try too hard. Yeah. Like it's really not worth it because you know what? I completely get it. As men, we think the more hard work we put in, yeah. the more we get out. Yeah, That's true. But here's the thing. You've been kind of tricked by Disney and Hollywood yeah. and all these other entities that, oh, I'm going to work hard towards her with my love. Yeah. And that's going to make me a better suitor. But you're wrong. Actually, the work, the energy, the effort should be put into building the security, building the kingdom for her to enter and then she's yeah. with you as like a queen right yeah. guys don't think about they're just thinking about oh i need to give her love but dude she can't eat love <laughs> right she can't eat your muscles either yeah. the other thing that guys are always <laughs> slacking on when it comes to like the long route of women it's like bro you got to be trying to make a financial bed for them so yeah. that way your family can lay in right exactly. you, you got to give her a place to nest yeah so that's the other part of dating which a lot of guys this is why pickup and even what we're saying eventually won't fix everything because at the end of the day, after let's say a few months of fun, like we've subscribed to you with the good body and the confidence. Yeah. Hey, what are yeah. we going to do from now on? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And that's a good segue, but I just wanted to um, hit this on the top of the head and kind of close out for uh, the guys out there that are like very good looking. And I'm talking about like the chads and stuff yep. like that. Essentially you can do whatever you want to a female who is, let's just say, I'm not trying to be rude here, but like under your pay grade, like under your level and they'll fucking give you your number or whatever. But I'm talking about, you know, the average dude. And I, and I don't, I hate to say average because I don't really look at people by their looks, but in society's terms, the average guy who might struggle with females following the tips that we just talked about, increasing your self-confidence, increasing your physique, um, bettering your hygiene, making yourself look cleaner yeah. will help you out. But if you're like, you know, fucking Mr. Uh, Mr. Chad or Mr. Tyrone or Mr. Enrique over there, like 99% of the time you walk up to a chick, as long as they're like a little bit below your pay grade or whatnot, you'll, you'll get her number. You'll talk to her. She'll be fine interested in you. And that's just the, the biological, uh, how do you put this? The biological nature of, of women and attractiveness, obviously, like we said, like you look and you see with the eyes, the first thing that you, yep. you know, notice about somebody. But, um, the, the next thing we were talking about before this and kind of just throwing back some ideas is, is like performance in, in the bedroom with with a female and like getting embarrassed before either the first time having sex or I don't know. Sometimes the guys just they get weird about that type of shit. Yeah. Oh, they definitely yeah. do. But you have to think anyone with a limited amount of experience doing something is going to feel a little bit nervous. Like, oh, yeah. this is my second time I'm smashing. Of course, your second time smashing. You're like, man, I don't even know if I did good last time. Yeah. And like you're like, but understand that look. You just have to swallow the frog and just do it, right? Now try to last as long as you can, guys. But again, just keep going through it. And then as you get better and better with more, now I'm not saying like switch the freaking partner every single time, but I prefer to get a lot of reps out with someone like I know and I trust, right? Yeah. But with time and experience, you're gonna get there. But it's 
only with time and practice, you're really going to get better at sex. Yeah. And the easy way out obviously is like taking like a gas station pill or like taking a Viagra yep. or whatever it is, or, um, I don't know. There's a lot of easy way out. And this is like a, a kind of difficult one to kind of hit on because everybody's different. Obviously, like some people do certain things in the bedroom a certain way. Some people do certain things another way. But talking more about like the embarrassment of, of feeling like the woman or, or the even the man. I, I don't know what the what would be the equivalent of a girl like not being wet or something. Yeah. Dry. So like whatever you're you are, man or female, it's like getting embarrassed of let's just say you think the partner's too good for you or they're, they're too experienced or they're, you know, whatever it might be, that type of uh, lack of confidence. And it kind of goes back to, again, confidence makes you feel like you are inferior to them uh, in, in the sense, you know what I'm saying? I do get what you're saying. Uh, like I was saying before, I mean, I think the way we have to look at it as men is it's a skill set, right? Jimmy isn't born being good in bed. Jimmy became good in bed because he had experience and his girlfriends taught him something, mm -hmm. right? So I think number one, starting there, you should go into sex with a learning mind. Like I'm here to learn how to do what I'm gonna do, right? Like you're not, let's say the people we're talking about, maybe not even 20, 21, or not even 25, right? Probably haven't had that many partners, not a crazy amount, you know? Just understanding that every time you're doing that, you have a chance to get better at it, mm -hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, you know, what's going to make you better in the bedroom and have you hold it longer and be able to do more things is just practice and just trying different things. And, you know, a lot of guys don't know this, but your mind can stop you from having sex. Like if you get yeah. too anxious about it, it will be like a, it'll paralyze you from the, also, waist down below. the drugs you take, I think, has a big impact too. your lifestyle. I don't know if you heard about this, but a lot of guys who have lost weight in the past and they go down from like being, I don't know, 300 pounds to 200 pounds or 150 pounds have seen their dicks actually get bigger. Yep. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. I know. Not why that I'm too. like researching about like obese men's penis sizes, but <laughs> like I've heard, um, and I've kind of experienced it too. Like when I'm more shredded and lean, my junk looks a little bigger. And not just because it, it might not have actually changed in size. Maybe the guys who have the more extreme weight loss have had seen bigger um, yeah. increases or whatever. Because, and I'll let you elaborate on that. But just you know, when you feel leaner, and and I don't know if you've realized this too. Like when you're lean, you get like these crazy pumps. Not so lean to where you're like you know, fucking about to step on a stage because then you're like depleted and stuff like that. But if you're pretty- like 15, 10, right? Yeah, like anywhere from like, I would even say like seven to like 16%. Yeah. You're super, super like, you go and you do something with having to do a blood fill. Let's just say the gym, you do biceps, like your arms feel like they're gonna explode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the same feels thing better. in the bedroom. But like when I, whenever I've bulked up, I've always obviously never had an issue with getting hard. I mean, I've had, but not like a continuous issue. Yeah, it's like- But it's not the same, I, I don't know. I feel a similar way because I feel like when you're that body fat, you're kind of at your most athletic level mm -hmm. in a healthy way, mm -hmm. right? When you're bulking up, I mean, you're, you know, you're building up, you're hibernating a little bit. You've stored some food over the winter. You're just trying to grow, yeah. right? But the reason why this happens is because yes, every man has a preset size, right? There's a preset max size you can have as a guy, unless you do surgery and stuff, but I'm yeah. not recommending that. It's useless. 
the way to maximize that and get to your peak, yeah, you need optimal blood flow. Yeah. Now, if you're morbidly obese, if you have high blood pressure, if you're smoking cigarettes and drinking every day, yeah. What's your blood pressure going to be like, dude? It's going to be fucking garbage. Yeah. You're going to have like sludge running around in you, <laughs> right? It's going to take 30 minutes to get hard. Now, that's the thing. Your sex is going to suffer because of it. That's true. I never thought about I mean, I thought about it like that before, but I never thought about the whole blood pressure and blood flow thing. Another big thing you hit on, too, was like, and, and we'll go back to kind of hit another part of this topic is like ED and like not being able to perform sometimes it's your head, but sometimes it's like what you're doing too. Like, I don't know if you've ever, and I think you have before been on a little bit of a, like a vape type of thing. Like you've vaped a little bit here and there. I've gone on heavy cycles of vaping. I've, I've stopped now. Um, but like that, I think that constricts blood flow. If I'm not mistaken, I think um, vaping. So let me ask you something. Yeah. When you've, let's say hit like a nicotine pen or whatever, have you noticed your veins go down a little bit? Yeah, of course. A hundred percent. You know why, right? No, it's, I don't. It's raising your blood pressure. Right, right blood pressure. <laughs> yeah. I know it deoxygenates your blood cells too. So it takes oxygen out of your blood cells. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of co combinations of things that it can do. But yeah, of course. I mean, like when I'm like now, I, just, just to be transparent, like without doing the, the nicotine versus doing the nicotine, like your workouts get better. But we got to kind of think about bedroom performance, kind of like a workout, like you were saying. It is like, like a workout. You're on the nicotine, maybe like one night if you're super drunk and you're super horny and you're, you know, doing a bunch of shit. And that's the, th that's the thing. Like, I've been a part of that culture where I've heard guys be like, oh, they're real fucked up. You know, they're hammered out of their mind. They have their nicotine pen and then they pop a, a blue pill. So it kind of like evens it out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my yeah. God. I, I mean, it's very, it's very popular in the fraternity life uh, on like road trips, on like uh, formals to guys to throw around fucking. Viagra pills and similar things like that. Gas station pills. They're way more common in use than you think. Why do you think they have them in every yeah, fucking gas exactly. station? Like guys don't understand that hey i've taken i you've you've taken them before oh yeah yeah i've taken one before but I've never taken ne like a few ne never to try uh to do the the dance i've taken one time just to, when i was like 15 years old but let me be transparent i've never even really had ed like problems yeah. more than usual i was just being fucking stupid like oh yeah. this must feel better or something yeah. it it doesn't make that much of a difference i've taken like uh ashwagandha and maca and stuff like that that's so, actually good for you yeah that that helps i've honestly like i've taken it recently too it, it, it has it has increased um blood flow it has increased the i would say the performance and you feel a little better but that's like sidetracking from uh what we're trying to say is just like essentially ed i mean i'm sure there's actual real reasons why like people have ed like when they get older maybe some people have low tested levels at a young age and that's like essentially the highest well, if we're not working out and we're not taking care of ourselves with our diet, your test mm -hmm. already is going to drop anyway, no matter what. But it's going to drop significantly more if you're not trying to fight to keep it. Exactly. And have you noticed a difference between like super hard, medium, and then like of course kind of? Yep. Yeah. And and typically in my life, when I've had issues getting it like fully erect to say, it's been times where I've been like vaping or smoking pot or whatever it might be. Pot, the pot's a double-edged sword, right? Because studies find conflicting things. Yeah. One is smoke, and that's not good for your blood. Yeah. But it's not as bad as nicotine. But the stimulation from the pot is more. So it's like you're hornier, but your toolkit's not even as good a yeah. little bit. So it's it kind of evens itself out, unfortunately. But I will say this. Another thing guys don't realize is that, look, just like girls aren't always in the mood, you as a man, yeah, you're not supposed to be always in the mood. You're not exactly. a dog, bro. Like yeah, you're a person. Exactly. Like if your grandma just it's died, true. like you're not gonna want to. 
maybe as like a form of stress relief and stuff like that. Like I remember when my dad was like hospitalized and had a brain tumor to remove. I'm not gonna lie, it was one of the ways I coped. Yeah, but yeah. At, at the same time, there's sometimes where you just like, nah, I'm not feeling it. And that's okay. And it's perfectly normal to just have those moments. Yeah. And that's fine. But if it's happening every single time or it's rare you get an erection, then yeah, you know what's funny though? We were talking about like our kind of natural ways to fix this. Here's what doctors first say to people who have ED. All right, let's try to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. Let's try to improve blood flow, right? And then after kind of all that's been kind of solved and this person is there, then we can like consider putting him on that. Now, granted, I'm sure there's some doctors that just fucking prescribe it, like no tomorrow, because they don't care about oh, the long term consequences. There's a ton of doctors that do that. But I would say it's even more common than not. The most ethical way to go about yeah. this and care about your patient for the long term cure is to be like, all right, let's try everything first. And then if you can't with a healthy in a healthy body, get a boner, there's just some chemical imbalance in your brain, you can use the drug. Exactly. And you're just gonna have to pay all the time. 100% is the same thing with like, and I, I think you've talked about this before. Levi's talked about it before a long time ago about like him getting prescribed Adderall at a young age, kind of fucking him up. Oh, it, it kind of makes you want to be medicated at all times. Yeah. Right now, commonly in my life, coffee is kind of replaced that. Yeah. And I think we can say that in the air. I mean, you know, the yeah, caffeine course. actually helps with an ADHD brain because it kind of stimulates you. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of need a lot of it. But anyway, in general, let's say you, it's a short-term fix, right? Just like we were talking about shortcuts, right? Mm-hmm. Parents see a very hard problem like shit. My kid of ADHD has to learn how to focus, has to learn how to be disciplined, has to, quite frankly, their brain's gonna have a harder time keeping on track than these other kids, right? Short-term solution. Yo, let's give them some Adderall, yeah. <laughs> right? And like, Granted, it was designed specifically for the ADHD brain, if I'm not mistaken, especially overstimulating you so that way you actually come down and you just like kind of simmer down and focus. It's actually the whole concept of the pill. Oh, really? To over? Overstimulate the brain so that way, oh, okay, I can just focus on like one thing at a time. Wow. And that's the problem though. When normal people take it, yeah, you're just, you're overstimulating yourself. But if you don't have an ADHD brain that's already kind of already thinking at a very fast like rate you're taking yourself to kind of quite frankly you're kind of giving yourself adhd in my opinion like you will feel a deep amount of focus but you're just taking a strong upper to feel a certain way in reality interesting i was gonna say do you think that uh you've taken nootropics before you've haven't really tried the nootropic that we just came out with um that much but do you think that potentially giving that to kids could help them I've just yeah. thought about that. I don't ever like a strong nootropic or, or maybe something like over time, because it seems like a lot of kids just get prescribed Vyvanse or Adderall. Yeah. And um, you were you're prescribed your you were prescribed at one point, right? You still are. Ooh, I'm not anymore, but okay. for a long time I was. And um, do you think that like maybe an alternative way to fix that might have helped you out a little bit more? I definitely think. Yeah. You know what I say? I say that if your kid has ADHD, think about like all right how much are these grades going to matter in elementary and middle school, yeah. right? At the end of the day, if they're building habits, if they're learning how to focus on the things that are productive on their own, you, it's better off your kid is strong and has mm-hmm. to learn things a hard way early. Yeah. So that way they won't have to depend on taking a substance. Yeah. You know, like they have to go to a farm. Like, think about that. You're going to impair your kid so much where, oh, unless he gets this fucking med, 
he can't live in society. Exactly. I understand where, let's say you have a disabled child and they're physically violent, so you have to put them on mood stabilizers. Yeah. They can't live in society without that. Exactly. I get that. But your kid kind of getting Bs instead of As because he just is distracted focus. at school, I'm sorry, that isn't a just case to start putting him on freaking Adderall. Yeah, you know? I'm thankful that like- Amphetamines. Exactly, I'm thankful that I never had any of those issues. And, at a younger age uh it seems like almost ludicrous and also another thing is like mental health issues at a young age too i don't know that's a little bit more like touchy and a subject that a lot of people don't really like to talk about is like um i know that kids nowadays are being prescribed like mental health uh drugs like anti-anxiety anti-depression drugs and i i think personally this is my opinion i think that it's a similar type of concept that you're trying to point across is like I don't know how bad those situations are because I've never had a situation where I've been bad enough where I had to be medicated. Yeah. But I think that that discussion should be had as well. From well think, of it, think of it. Like, why are kids' be mental health increasingly becoming worse, right? What has happened? There has to be something. Like, well, what has happened in the last 20 years? Yeah, drugs. The internet. Oh, internet, okay. I think a lot of these mental health issues, unfortunately, comes from the environment these kids are living in comes from the media they now have that comes from the internet it comes from the over the there's so much information out there for them to access and they don't even have the brains to really handle or do things that's why you know adults held withheld facts of reality from kids until they were old enough until their brain was more developed they didn't tell kids at like 12 hey yeah so pretty much uh murder is very common and people die every day and stuff yeah. like that like you'd be surprised what parents are like cool with telling the children yeah. but they don't understand that the, tra the traditional parents that you had and the way they raised you was for a reason sometimes sheltering a kid from some like facts of life is like good exactly i 100 percent agree because they're kids just let them be kids and let them live in the bliss of the let them live outside the adult world as long as you can because once they get there they're gonna that's want to a, go back. That's a, yeah, and, and and that's the thing. Like a lot of kids realize the the nastiness of the world, and they become like kind of like cold in a sense, and they turn into the, these like the worst thing that happens is suicide. Man. Yeah, a lot of people they can't handle the system we live in and society's judgments of them, and they just off themselves. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but. Here's the thing, right? Again, America just wants to give the short-term solutions. And these short-term solutions honestly end up killing people. And drugs, antidepressants, stuff like that. This is a very well-known fact that a lot of people don't have actual depression. A lot of people are just unhappy. You think that's a well-known fact? I think that's very well known. I think I a lot of people don't actually have depression as much as they have horrible lives. I don't think that a lot of people agree with that, but I do agree with you, but I don't think it's a well-known fact. I think a lot of people disagree. Well, let me say this. When looking at- Because if you were to say that in like- And a, I'm talking about from the perspective of psychologists and people who actually give therapy to people. Wait, so you're saying that a lot of psychologists think that way? Yeah, a lot of psychologists don't think that people have depression. Really? A lot of people, just have fucking shitty lives. Like they have horrible, Interesting. horrible I, I, lives that like give them this, like any person in a certain environment can feel distressed, hate their life, hate whatever, right? Like if you became a slave, yeah. even if you had a, a chemically atypical, neurotypical brain, you're still gonna be fucking depressed that yeah. you're a slave, bro. Like there's no way. I agree. No, I didn't know that. I mean- Because depression is they have a chemical imbalance. Imbalance in the brain. And literally, 
believe it or not, when people who actually have that get antidepressants, their life becomes way better. Antidepressants work for people who actually have depression, but they're horrible for people who don't because then they get a dependence on something instead of actually fixing the things that suck and in their life. And then they lives. actually make themselves depressed. Yep. What percent of the population do you, I mean, this is like a wild guess, so don't, anyone watching this is, is again. Do you think it's a larger, you, so you think it's larger than not? I also agree. I th I don't think that, I'm not gonna say that depression or anxiety or like obviously like post-traumatic stress disorder or like schizophrenia, like obviously they're real. I don't think these people are these, faking. Those are real. I don't think that people are faking depression. I don't think people are faking anxiety, but I think that they might be like, how do you put this? They might be fluffing it up. And it's like the same thing with like rape victims, like girls who actually get raped and then girls who claim they got raped. But claim. I'm not saying that they're faking it, but claim they got raped, but maybe it wasn't so much rape. Maybe it was like consensual at first, or maybe it was consensual and then they regretted it afterwards. It's the same type of, it's like the story of the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. It's happening in society. I feel like nowadays it's like, everybody's got this everybody's this everybody's that but is, is everybody really this or everybody really that or are there issues that are, are laying on the base and then obviously over time like obviously if you're if you're misdiagnosed with depression or anxiety or any type of mental health disease or illness and you you, you truly didn't need any of this stuff and you've been taking medication for five years eventually you're gonna you're gonna have it you're gonna put your body in a state to where if i take steroids for five years and i get off of it yeah, I'm gonna have low T after. It just makes yep. sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just say I thought I had low T before, so I started taking TRT. And then for five years, I'm taking testosterone replacement therapy. And then after five years, I get off of it. Yeah, I'm gonna have low T after taking all that test because I didn't have low T to begin with. Now yep. my body's used to having this test. Yeah, I'm gonna have low T. The same thing with dep depression and anxiety meds or even ADHD. Maybe I really didn't have ADHD before. Maybe it was a misdiagnosis or maybe I could have learned how to deal with my ADHD but you put me on Adderall to begin with. Okay, now I'm actually gonna have ADHD after taking it for five years, 10 years, 11 years, whatever. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, the just the fact that it just all goes back to how society wants to fix things with a Band-Aid, man. Yeah. Instead of really looking at the hard situation, like, all right, let me make sure I don't have low T. Mm -hmm. Let me lose all the weight I can. Exactly. Let me build significant amounts of muscle mass on me. Let me clean up my diet. Let me do all this first. Oh, blood test comes back, low T or whatever test they use. Oh, you know what? Looks like I have to take some pills. Yeah, exactly. And then boom, you don't understand the long-term consequences of doing this. Yeah, 100%. And, and this is what, here's the thing. A lot of people, like I said before, this is what I postulate and this is what other psychologists postulate right now. A lot of people don't actually have depression they have shitty lives mm -hmm. and they want to fix them, but they don't have the strength to, right? And they don't do so. But until they do fix that, their life's not going to improve. Like if I start, if let's say like uh, Jose is like living with his family still, he's like 35, lives with a mom, stuff like that. He's depressed, right? Doesn't have a good job either and he's fat. He's depressed. Yeah. Let me ask you something. We're going to put give him pills that make him like feel happy in the head. <laughs> is Jose really going to be happy? Yeah, no, he's only happy because he's taking the pills. Yeah. It's the same thing like guys, and we can kind of transition from this conversation to a more gym conversation. The guy's like, dude, I can never gain weight, bro. I can never gain weight. I can never get shredded. And like, can you really never get shredded? Or are you like try, are you just are you a trying your hardest? Exactly. Yeah, are you lazy, bro? I mean, I say it to myself all the time. Sometimes like I'm like, damn, like I fucking... 
Am, am I like am I, am I am I really having trouble losing this weight, or am I actually just like being a fucking fuck off and eating out twice a week, or you know not doing my cardio every single yep. day? Like sometimes it happens to everybody, and it's normal. It's human nature to to over over exaggerate our situations. It's it's honestly it's human nature to be a victim in the sense because that's part of the fight or flight. You know what I'm saying? It's it's you submitting to your urges exactly. You know, and that's the thing. Your body was literally those urges exist for your survival. They're geared in your brain so that yeah. way. Oh shit! There's food. Let me take it now. Yeah. Exactly. And before in the past, you had to take it. Mm -hmm. If that mammoth is dying and there's only like a few sick wolves there, then yeah, you're gonna steal that freaking carcass and eat it with yeah. your friends because you don't know when the next one's gonna come. And this is a horrible system for when we're in a, a abundant place of food, abundant place for all the short-term gratifications that exist ever, we have all of it, right? Anything you could think of, any way you wanna feel, you can feel it, right? You wanna feel like you can lose or you wanna feel like the sting of defeat? You can gamble a little bit, Yeah. anything. And that's a problem because our brains are geared to take these and those short-term short, short, short -term gratifications, gratification in your brain exists like I said, for that purpose of survival. A hundred percent. And like uh, a lot of guys say this, like the, um, I have bad genetics or I have like, Oh, I hate that. I do. Bro. I hate that too. I get bro. so mad. I, I get, I get so heated and, and if you're I missing an arm, you have bad genetics. Like, yeah, come on, exactly. Bro. Exactly. If, if you can't walk, you have bad genetics. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You, <laughs> yeah. I, I hear guys say, oh, my genetics are shit. My this and this. And like, it, are they really shit or do you just have to work a little harder than the other guy? Like a lot of people don't realize that if you just work a little harder than the other guy, you'll probably look, you know, decently you compare to him. Obviously there's people like genetics actually exist. Like no, they definitely dudes, matter. Black dudes and, and certain, um, different middle Eastern, uh, races and every race has got good genetics. Low key Asians are very Asians strong, too. actually. Strong. So like everyone's got their genes. Like those really exist. Like we could just use the black guys as an example. Black yep. dudes are fucking jacked. That's yep. like that's like the the common thing in the bodybuilding manosphere. But like there are also like the Mr. Olympia this year, uh, a Middle Eastern guy beat a black dude. A white guy beat a whole bunch of other black dudes. Talking about Bumstead? No, no. Oh, Bumstead too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yep. Bum Bumstead. Not saying that Bumstead doesn't have superior genetics, but I mean he's. I would I would gamble that his genetics are if you look at base level like effort his genetics are worse than Terrence Ruffins Ruffins or um, what's his name Brian Ansley it's yep. just difference there their structure I'm talking about the open Mr Olympia class there are guys in there with superior genetics Patrick Moore uh, I don't know if I forget his fucking name there's some guys in there yeah. they clearly have superior genetics and there's guys like a guy named Hunter Labrada or a guy named Nick Walker who aren't genetically superior but they did what it took to reach that goal. And obviously like they took a lot of drugs and stuff like that. So that's yeah. a different thing, but basically going down to it, me, you, let's just say a couple other guys in a room, there's going to be a guy who got, let's just say shitty genetics. And there's going to be a guy who got incredible genetics. The guy who has shitty genetics can most likely outwork the guy with good genetics and look comparable to him. Maybe not the same, but comparable. I'll say this, your genetic potential you will be satisfied by it. By it. Mm -hmm. There's no way you won't. There's just none. Like your genetic potential is something quite frankly so amazing that when you see it in the mirror, you're gonna be like, dang. Yeah. Right? Like you don't have to be that big in terms of mass before you see it, but when you see it, you're gonna be like, dang. 
Yeah, exactly. I would say like what you think you and I, I would say we have middle of the road genetics. I don't think we have amazing genetics. I don't think we have bad genetics. I mean, we'd probably be playing ball for some like NFL team if we had the godlike <laughs> genetics. Exactly. You know? That's what I'm saying. Like, um, but like we, we get by it. We're not like terrible. We're not amazing. I would say we're like somewhere in the middle. And a lot of people will be like, oh, dude, you, you have good genetics or, oh, dude, like, oh, I can't get that I big all the time. Bro. But like, I, really, you really can't get that big or like, and this is me doing like 80%, you know, yeah. 90%. Like if I was going 100%, it'd be a whole totally different story. But a lot of guys, they don't give it the 80 or 90. They're not even giving it 40%. They're not, they're not even giving like 20, bro. Exactly. Honestly. How, how much, <laughs> you know, I can't gain weight. How much do you eat? He's like, I've heard this before. I can't gain any weight, bro. I literally can't gain weight. I'm going to take the SARM now. I really want to get big or whatever. I hear it all the time, pro hormone, whatever. It's like, bro, how many meals do you eat a day? I eat two or three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have like two McChickens a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, bro. I, eat, I eat so much. Okay. How many eggs do you eat in the morning? Uh, two with, with <laughs> yeah. toast. You know what I'm saying? Do you go out on the weekends? Uh, sometimes, bro. And then you see their Instagrams like every weekend they're at a every fucking different bar. Weekend. Yeah. How many days a week do you train? Uh, five or six days. What's your split like? I do chest and back, uh, arms and then shoulders and then chest and back. And then, and they're really not, you know, how long do you go to the gym for? Oh, I go to the gym for two and a half hours. That's always a red flag to me too. When someone says they go to the gym for way too <laughs> long. They're wasting their time. Yeah, they're usually <laughs> wasting your time. Um, but yeah, it's just like, bro, there's a lot of people out there that limit themselves and they try to find a quick fix. Like we were saying with this entire podcast, like, let me take a SARM. Let me take this fucking, and, and then there's a lot of guys out there who take these not bullshit supplements, but supplements that think they're going to make them take crazy gains. Like, oh, bro, I just need to take this mask gain or I'm going to gain the weight. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Well, no, you're not, bro. It's like if you tried your hardest and then you took the mask gain, yes, bro. you'd probably yes. be in the bulk, yeah. right? But that's the thing. What makes the genetic <laughs> your genetic potential so good is the hard work you put in. A yeah. lot of guys don't understand the real gratification behind achieving these great things yeah. is the fucking blood sweat and tear you put in yeah, bro a lot of guys yeah like you're saying a lot of guys just have to do the do the, the hard work and then the flip side is it's obviously like, i can never lose weight i'm too fat i can never do this and then like you look at their diet and they're like you know it's like a, it's a decent diet so a lot of guys can't lose weight uh, on a decent diet like they're dieting pretty well because they never do cardio yeah they never get on the stairmaster or the treadmill and they're like, yeah, I lift weights. And I'm like, dude, if you want to lose weight, you got to do the weights and cardio. Yeah. If you're overweight, you got to do both. You can definitely get away with that. But once you learn, truly, the guys who get away with staying good looking, 15%, looking lean, you know, looking good, lifting weights, but not doing cardio, that means they've mastered their diet completely. Yeah. And they just understand what to eat and not eat. Because at the end of the day, it's really mostly calories in, calories out yeah. for everything. Cardio not only works out your heart, works out your lungs, which is really more important than the actual calories you're burning, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I think cardio is so undervalued for the benefits to your heart and your lungs. And man. then we just talk about blood flow, blood flow, blood flow, your body's ability to transport nutrients throughout the body efficiently. Yeah. I think that's something that's not spoken about a lot. Maybe we could talk about that another time. Is like, I think that the leaner, or not even leaner, but the more in shape you are, the more efficient your body is at doing things. So essentially, the less you can try. If that makes sense. Like if me and you were to take off a month from lifting weights, we'd probably look similar. Yeah, we'd probably look the, we'd same. Look the same. But if someone who's losing weight took off a month from losing weight, they'd probably balloon up to like whatever they were before. Um, it's just like once your body gets really efficient at something, it's like almost like a conveyor belt. Like it just keeps going and it's very, it's very 
easy for it to maintain what it's got. Believe it or not, I think we'd get a tad bit leaner if we weren't eating so much because we're not working out. So we'll technically be eating less. Yeah. But our mass would probably decrease a yeah, little bit. 100%. Yeah, I, I, um, a lot of the times, like when people talk about like taking too much time off and stuff like that, it's just if you train really hard and you train hard, even like three days out of the six or five days that you work out, if you have really three really good training sessions and you can say you smash three days, you, you, you pretty, you're pretty solid. Like obviously every day you train is not going to be the best day in the world. There's going to be days where you're like distracted. There's going to be days where you're like tired. There's going to be days where you just don't want to do certain things, but if you can hit everything three times a week, like every week hit three really good workouts, you're on a path to like really good success. And imagine what happens if you have five really good workouts that week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Your body just keeps fucking going. And I, I'm seeing like pretty good gains over the past year um two years and like like i said i'm not even going 100 i'm going like 80 percent. i'm going like 75 yeah, yeah. 75 80 because like obviously and that's another thing for another time to talk about is like you can't put 100 everything but you can do like 80 90 in most things and that that's really where the the secret i guess if you want to talk about the secret of building your life is it's not going like you know, a lot of people like to say, oh, I'm going to I'm going to lose like 30 pounds in, in a month and I'm just going to go on this liquid diet for two weeks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like that's going 100 percent, but uh, going 100 percent or 105 percent or just doing too much sometimes is, is bad because then you burn out. You know what I'm saying? You have to learn how to sustain it long term. Yeah. And that's the problem. It takes time, takes effort. And when people hear, oh, man, I have to put in time into this, like that's already like, I don't want to do this. I mean, with the gym, it's like you either put in effort or time. Yeah. Like the more effort you put into your workouts, I guess the shorter your workouts can be. Like if you really, really, really want to get a workout done in an hour and a half or an hour and 15 minutes or maybe even 45 minutes, you can do it. But you yeah. have to really be focused that entire 45 minutes. You know, I don't know if you ever. But I'll um, tell you what, if you do what we're saying, right, Pareto's principle, 20 percent are enjoying everything and doing all the work. 80% not really doing anything, right? Let's go to the gym. In America, two thirds of people are overweight. Mm -hmm. Another half is obese, right? Where does that leave the third of the people, right? Those are just people with healthy blood and like healthy fat levels. Yeah. Imagine if you're 15% body fat and you have a really good amount of muscle mass. How many percent of people actually, let's say, look like that? I would probably say like two or three percent max. Two or three percent, guys. So if you're there and you look like that, you're a scarce thing. A yeah. very fit, good looking, athletic person is scarce. Yeah. And going back to like the first thing we hit on before we close out the podcast is like, if you're a scarce thing, people want you. Want you way yeah. more. And that's why girls and chicks circling back will want you more as a guy, even though your personality is not that great. You're not that rich but you're good looking and you're confident. Exactly. You're rare because a yeah. lot of guys can become rich, whatever, but then they just won't fo they just went hundred percent on the money and then 0% on the fitness and 0% on everything else. So, yeah. So think about if you have decent money, what percent of the population makes over 10% or makes like over six figures. I don't know. I said, I heard not a way. lot, not a lot. What percent, like you said, what percent of the population, let's just go even further. What percent of the population is under 10% body fat and, and, and like strong. Probably, Probably not a, one. Yeah, one, one, one or two percent. So if you make yourself over six figures and you're in very decent shape, you're already like top one yeah, percent of men. Scarce, scarce, scarce. For, regardless of your height, regardless of 
your fucking hair, regardless of your, you know, things you can't control. Like yeah. a lot of guys get insecure about their height. I'm not, I'm not, I'm average height. Chris is about average height too. Yeah. Like it, it really doesn't matter. I've no, I, doesn't. some some guys I, I know shorter. Exactly. I know a guy. Well, even <laughs> dude, I know. Uh, we both know Chase Flores. He's one of the fucking. He's, he's jacked. Bro. He's jacked, and he's genetic decent potential, guy. bro. Yeah, and Chase has never had a problem with Chase. I've seen Chase date girls that are like fucking six foot before. Ch Chase is like, and that's why not, dude. He looks like Spider Man. Like. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. dude. I mean, obviously, height has to like a lot of girls like like a taller man. It's just yeah. like naturally more appealing. But I've known plenty of and another kid I know in my fraternity, Mike Van S. He's a short kid, and that I've seen that kid fucking pull very good looking chicks, and it's because he's in shape. He has decent, you know, he's not the best looking in the face. But he's got, you know, he dresses decently and he's got like a persona about him, same like Chase. And um, these are guys that are like, they're not like tiny, but they're not, they're short, like, you know, and they do their fucking, they, they I've do I've seen fine. it my whole life too. Yeah. Dude, dude it, short guys who are super fit and jacked, it always works out for them. Because exactly. you know what? The girl automatically knows he does not give a crap about how tall he is and how much shorter he is than me. Yeah. And then the other day, a lot of tall girls are lonely anyway. <laughs> they match up. So a lot of it matches up. Yeah. But if you're in that top percent of fit guys, all the other factors kind of meddle away because yeah. it's like you're already the scarce item. So imagine, know? imagine. let's just say, if, let's just say you, you're watching out there. You got, let's just say you're 6'2", six 6'3", six which is like girls fucking die over tall dudes. Yeah, that's a good height to be in as a man. You're jacked. Yeah. And you're making money. You're like top 0.5% yeah. of the entire population. So like we said, like, let's just, let's just even say you're five, two or five, three, you're really short or you're pretty short and you're jacked and you're making money. You're still going to be in the scarcity of that. You're going to be five, in the scarcity four, five percent. of like, let's say two, yeah, 5% yeah. of all men in the country. Exactly. And look, if you're in that percent, you'd say you're five foot one. You can find the five foot wife, beautiful yeah. queen, whatever, four foot eleven. Uh, look at Manny Pacquiao, for example. Yep. Like the dude is like, it, and that's that's the thing. A lot of guys get tripped up on. And I've seen it in the red pill stuff. A lot of guys talk about being short, having small dicks, and like, I hate it, bro. It's, it's like so... it, it sucks, but like, I mean, dude, like, everyone's got something bad about them. You know, everyone's got something that's gonna hold them back. And if it's not them, it's something about their life, like their mom or their dad or their situation. Like yep. that, we all have stuff that holds us back. So like, don't let height, don't let. I mean, if you have like a really tiny dick, then that must, you know, that's I, unfortunate. I can imagine that's up. But I mean, still, you know, it's not the it's not the end of the world. And a lot of guys think it's the end of the world, and that's why they go and hop on all these shortcuts that we were talking about, like, you know, the hub. Yeah, exactly. That's a shortcut right there. Man. But, Anyways, guys, so uh, we appreciate you guys for watching this podcast. We're going to close it up. Any other closing remarks for you, Chris? Uh, hmm. Work hard. Yeah. Work hard and enjoy that result. It's a lot better than the short term. 100%. I think that uh, most guys out there, like once you once you work hard and once you like, um, what's it called? Once you work hard and once you gain like the confidence and the ambience around you, because like, I, I honestly, I have a girlfriend, but like, I, if me and you were to go out and talk to chicks, like, I would not be afraid to talk to any girl. I would literally like not give a fuck just because you like have some sort of environment around you at some point. You really don't care anymore. 
And like, if it, if it's like, if I want to go pick up a chick, if I think a chick's hot and I want to go talk to her, I'm not, the only thing that's going to stop me from doing that is myself. Like I have no like underlying issue of me being like scared or like judge, like feeling I'm going to get judged. Like, no, once you have like a persona and like an environment and ambience around yourself, you can literally go up to the president of the United States and slap his ass and not feel like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> not, not literally, but you probably get tackled with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get uh, what you're saying completely. Yeah. So. Anyways, guys, thank you guys for watching this episode. Make sure to go check out all our other. They uh, <laughs> make sure to check out all our other episodes on Spotify and YouTube. Make sure to go check out Chris's page, Lapu Lifts, on Instagram. I'm Old School Matt. That's Chris Vidal. It's been another buff talk. Thank, thank you, bro. You.